You're listening to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. Sex and relationship advice you can use tonight. Welcome, welcome. This is your friendly neighborhood sexologist, Jess O'Reilly. And oh, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood because spring has finally sprung up here in Toronto. And I am talking to one of the smartest funniest and honestly most interesting people today. This is Wendy Miller, former head of programming for Playboy TV. Now before I welcome Wendy to the show, I need to send a huge thank you out to my sponsor Desire Resorts with whom I've personally been working for over a decade. I guess I should say I'm also a client. (laughs) These adult-only, couples-only, clothing-optional resorts are set on the Mayan Riviera just south of Cancun, and they really are one of a kind. My first visit to Desire Resorts changed my life. It changed my husband's life. It changed our marriage. So be sure to check them out at Desire Resorts on all social media. Now... My guest today, Wendy Miller, and I go back about, I think, about six years now, and we met professionally and have become friends. We we met when ultimately, well, Wendy hired me (laughs) to host a reality show, and I just wouldn't leave. So she hosted me to, she hired me to host a reality show for Playboy TV, and if you don't know me from Playboy TV, uh, you know me perhaps from elsewhere, I hosted a show all about swingers and of course it was appropriately named swing and this was a real reality show no gimmicks no fake drama no nonsense you know none of that like oh one lady throws another lady's purse into a fire pit over cocktails because lady number two didn't invite lady number one to her daughter's confirmation i don't know that's what i saw on a reality show once i think it was about like I don't know, soccer wives or something. (laughs) Now, none of that drama. Swing is a show about real couples. It's about swingers. They're living in a house in the Hollywood Hills or in Vegas, depending on the season. And every weekend, I have the pleasure of introducing a new couple to this community of swingers. And this new couple arrives interested in potentially trying out swinging for the very first time. And, you know, sometimes these couples are gung-ho and often they're, they're ultimately unsure. So I show them the ropes, I walk them through the process, and I try and make sure they're comfortable before I throw them to the wolves <laughs> and they meet the other couples. So I leave before the real fun starts. Uh, but ultimately, they're they're there to see if they connect and they're there to have the opportunity to have their first swinging experience should they happen to connect with one of the in-house swinger couples. But unlike most reality shows, uh, your swing isn't scripted. None of the couples are required to hook up with the newbies. They're not even encouraged to. It's totally up to them. And, you know, sometimes chemistry is off the charts and sometimes it's simply isn't sometimes the newbie couple has a great time and sometimes you know it's a letdown or worse so wendy wendy miller oversaw production of this show swing and she created and oversaw a range of other programs on playboy tv so now i want to talk to wendy about her experience working at playboy tv what she learned and I, i suppose what we can learn from her and i know there's a lot so welcome hey wendy 
Hi, how are you doing? Awesome. How are you? I'm very, very well. I, I boned up on my Canadian, so I understand you well today. Oh, okay. So you got my accent. You know what it's all about? <laughs> I got it. Was, was that not the hardest part of working together? You trying to understand my Chinese, Jamaican, Canadian accents? Yeah. I had a little book and I kept, I kept asking for clarification, certain words, like, what the hell is she saying? But I finally figured it out. <laughs> it's my very thick accent. You're very exotic, Jessica. Yeah. You know, men tell me that all the time. <laughs> and the best also, part is you think it's a compliment. We do need to talk about my, my location scout at Desire Resort because I want to talk about that as well. Well, that's actually a perfect tie-in. So Wendy went down to Desire Resorts. You can tell them why you went down and what you saw and how naked you got. <laughs> I'd be happy to talk about that as well. <laughs> so, so let's start here. Did I miss anything with regard to swing? I tried to kind of describe what I did, but, you know, I was just there as a, as a host prop. You, you ultimately ran the show. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, you absolutely nailed it, and uh, pun intended. And it's <laughs> funny because um, Dan Savage came in to meet with me uh, to pitch a show, and he was asking about our shows, and I said to him, aside from the tits, everything on our shows is real. And he was pretty surprised because a lot of people thought that our shows are fake. And I would get emails from people saying, can you have the actors do this? Or can you have the actors do that? Can you have the actors have, you know, have sex in a hot tub? And it used to make me crazy because, first of all, no sex workers look like the people we had on our show because I would go out of my way to cast people with real bodies and real looking people. And so it was very frustrating for me because these were real couples and it was very challenging to cast shows like this so that was very very difficult and these were not sex workers these were real couples who came on our shows and were just incredibly adventurous and brave and willing to try the lifestyle in front of millions of people or in the case of playboy tv maybe fewer than a million no i'm kidding but, uh, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. That's but, what yeah, it was, people all around the world. It's amazing. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So we have to differentiate the cast and swing. They're not actors, they're real couples. You're never asking them to have sex. No, no one was ever asked to have sex. And so the way it worked is we had our residents who were more experienced swingers, and these were people that I knew could be great on camera, were great talkers were basically what I would call guaranteed sex havers, meaning like you would have certain couples like Nikki and Daniel and Kimberly and Michael and other people that I knew could have sex on camera and would be able to have sex with other people and wouldn't be wonky about it. And they were fine, but nobody was required to have sex with anyone. No, it was, but, they're absolutely not. But in fact, we had to stop them from having sex at times. Did I ever tell you about the time I got trapped in my dressing room? <laughs> no, no, but one time I got there one time and they were, they, someone had gotten a, uh, a flip camera and they were videotaping each other having sex. And I was walking around and it was like an off day. And we were like setting up cameras between episodes and they were shooting each other having sex. And I walked into the bedroom and they're, and they're shooting each other. And I said, 
Will you guys stop videotaping each other having sex? There are people paid to do that here. <laughs> Constantly, these people have more sex than anyone ever. Constantly. And they're, you know, in the off days and they're up in the red room and they're just, it's everything. What happened to you? Well, I was in my dressing room and one of the years the red room was located outside my dressing room. So I actually had to walk through the red room. And for the people who don't know the show, well, you better go watch it. But the red room is this sex harem lair full of mattresses and pillows <laughs> and condoms and lube and toys and a Sibian and a Hitachi wand and all those fun things. And so it's where they would often finish their night. Um, not always, but many of them would go to the red room at the end of the night. And it's often where the newbie couple would have their first swinging experience. So the, the cameras were down, they weren't shooting, and I was getting ready to leave, as I always do. You know I leave before the sex, Wendy. Yeah. <laughs> so I was getting ready to leave, and I hear the like, ah, 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 and all the screaming, and the, ah, ah, ah. And then I hear one of them yell like, get the strap on. Oh, so <laughs> I, I asked Song. Song was uh, our makeup artist and a lovely lady in Vegas. If you ever need a makeup artist in Vegas, people, Song is your person. Amazing, amazing. I said, can you peek out and see what's going on? And she's like, no, they're, they're in the thick of things. You can't leave. Um, so I had to wait it out. And it took a while, right? They last a really long time. So I waited it out. And on my way out, because I don't want to see any more sex. Like, I've seen enough sex for the day, all right? I'm, I'm exhausted. Um, so I, on my way, one of them puts the like camera and it's like, look, 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 look what we were doing. I'm like, oh my gosh, I tried to skip this sex scene. And now you're showing me the replay. Yeah. Yeah. Je Jessica was like, Jessica, if there could have been like an ultimate swinger prize, it would be Jessica O'Reilly. And I did a special where I went to talk to them about, you know, what was going on behind the scenes. It was called Swing uh, Open House. And I went there and I talked to them and all of them were, of course, obsessed with you, Jessica, and because you were like the one thing they couldn't have. Because I, I used to kid them. I'm like, are you guys on commission? Like, you know, I just constantly flipping people and looking for new people to bang. And I am sure that all of them were just like, oh, man, if we could just flip Jess O'Reilly, we'll have enough points to get that new Cadillac. You know, it's just like... <laughs> like a real estate firm or something you know they're just trying to get the extra points to get the, the Cadillac yeah and, and nobody yeah no no chance well you know to be fair Wendy you put it in my contract that I wasn't allowed to have sex with any of them <laughs> yeah so, that's be right. honest here <laughs> they, that's right because otherwise you would have been so in that red room no yeah Okay, so my only problem with the red room and that many people in the room is just that I can't stop picturing the number of toes that are in the room. <laughs> we had a lot of interesting things happen in the red room, which uh, someday I will talk about. But, you know, people would fart in there. Uh, there would be some very interesting noises in there. Uh, at one point, there was a... Mm, I, I'm not going to tell that story. Um, there, there was there were some very interesting things that happened in the red room. And again, this is all real. These are real people. Some people crossing the line, some people uh, touching someone they didn't have permission to touch. You know, I mean, there was, there was a lot of stuff that went down in there. And on this show, we went out of our way to make people look good. You know, we, we never set out to make anyone look bad. And there were times when people engaged in bad behavior on the show. 
It just happens. People are newbies. They don't know etiquette. They don't know, you know, maybe I shouldn't do this. Maybe I should ask permission before sticking my finger in someone's ass. They don't know that. <laughs> and it happens. And there are times when our show cut around bad behavior because we never set out to make anyone look bad. Unlike every other reality show, which you mentioned earlier, which goes to make people look like crap. Yeah. We like, only want to. Can you throw that martini in her face one more time? Exactly. We didn't do any of that. In fact, if anything, if if we ever did anything that was, in if we ever did anything that was dishonest, it was covering up something bad that someone did or not showing a true transgression. Right. So, um, but we didn't. You know, we we never lied. But maybe if somebody did something really stupid. We didn't show it because it didn't, it didn't, it didn't affect the outcome of the show per se. And it didn't really affect the story. No, it and it something had to do stupid. with like something gross or bodily fluids. It just, yeah. It, yeah. It wasn't really a part of the story. It was a really fun behind the scenes thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I exactly. want to move from the, from the set of swing, which I hope everybody goes and checks out. Um, You've got to watch the show. To Playboy TV. How long were you with Playboy TV? Seven and a half years. And prior to Playboy TV, you were with some more traditional networks, correct? Yeah, exactly. I came from NBC. I used I was one of the original producers at uh, Lifetime. I used to work for the Oprah Show. Uh, I've worked at uh, Oxygen. Uh, I'm an Emmy-winning producer from the Wayne Brady Show. Um, I've worked all over the place. So I had a mainstream career before going over to Playboy. I was, you know, a mainstream writer producer working on a lot of really big time shows. I used to write the live commercials on the tonight show for NBC. And, uh, I did a lot of stuff at NBC and then, um, Playboy reached out to me because they were looking to rebrand and create shows in this sort of TV for two, where they wanted to create shows for couples to watch together. So they wanted someone who understood how to, relaunch a network, how to rebrand a network, who could create shows. They wanted someone who knew what women would want to watch, who knew how to develop shows and wasn't afraid of porn. And basically that was a really, really short list of people. And so I stepped in because it seemed like such a fun opportunity. And I was there for seven and a half years and it was absolutely the most fun part of my career. It was an incredibly incredibly fun time and my life changed over those seven years well I want to talk about that but first I want to ask you what's what's really the difference um, from your perspective in terms of working at those mainstream networks versus working with Playboy TV well when I started working at Playboy TV a lot of my feminist friends really got mad at me and they they basically accused me of being a traitor (laughs) and I got and I got really upset by that because one thing that I discovered when I got to Playboy TV is at Playboy at Playboy TV the number one rule for programming is you're not allowed to show any sex next to violence hmm. because on the, on mainstream TV they can't show sex so what do they use instead of sex they use violence as a placeholder and most of the time it's violence against women. So if you turn on any American TV channel at night, you watch NBC, CBS, Fox, whatever, 
chances are if you're watching a drama, you're watching a woman getting beaten or raped or murdered to sell Febreze. And this is a fact. Even Lifetime, television for women, it's all about victimizing women. And so when I got to Playboy, all of the shows are about consensual sex, no violence against women, and it was incredibly liberating for me. And as head of programming, I suddenly made a rule where this is a zero rape-free network. And we weren't allowed to have it anyway, but I mean, it had to be 100% consensual. And women are paid more than men in, as for sex workers and, and adults. So it's like suddenly my friends are saying, how could you work for the enemy? How could you be working for Playboy? Playboy objectifies women, blah, blah, blah. Okay, you have an argument there, but the fact is every other single network I worked at victimizes women to make money. And Playboy TV is the only channel that doesn't do that, as far as I know, only channel for adults anyway. So that was really like the biggest eye-opener for me. I mean, Playboy TV used to have a female president. Playboy TV paid for IVF. You know, this is a company that, you know, Hugh Hefner is a feminist. He's paid, he's donated millions to Planned Parenthood. You know, this is not a skeevy, gross company as people might expect. So I had a, I had a, a very difficult time trying to talk to my friends saying, okay, I understand you look at the magazine, you see some issues. I have some issues too, whatever. But the fact is my job in programming and creating shows and the forward-facing product that I'm in charge of is incredibly feminist. And what I'm creating specifically are shows for couples to watch to keep them in sync sexually so they stay happily married. And I used to get kind of defensive and I can hear in my voice, I'm getting defensive again. <laughs> but the, the, the fact is, that's what I was doing. I was creating shows to keep couples happy. So that's the big difference is that there was no violence. There was no rape, and it was all about keeping couples happy and sexually in sync. Honestly, of all the work I've ever done, it's probably the most important work I've ever produced. That's, re that's really cool mm -hmm. to hear. Well, and I always said that, that the difference between Swing and so many other television shows I worked on, I said there's this lady at Playboy TV, um, and she actually cares about these couples. Like, you're, you're not trying to destroy their relationships. I think about reality shows and the toll they must take on many of the participants. And, you know, I've had several, you know, production companies approach me about doing a reality show. And I've always been reticent because I know that their talent, I guess I would be talent, aren't always treated well. And I know that you treated, not just you, but the entire team did their best to, sh to I think, be reverent of the cast's relationships with one another. Yeah, I was super protective of that because, you know, my husband is talent. I came from uh, mainstream television. And so I, I wanted to make sure that everyone was treated with the utmost respect and that, you know, when you put your marriage on the line, there's like, there's, there's no bigger risk you're going to be taking. And so I wanted to make sure that everyone was treated with respect and everyone was made to look the best. And, you know, when I, when, when we were editing the show, if someone, if there was an angle that wasn't flattering, that was gone. If somebody said something stupid, that was gone. I wasn't in the business of making people look like idiots. I was trying to make people look brave and smart and adventurous. So other couples would want to emulate them. So we were trying to make the show, as I like to say, we put the ass in aspirational. <laughs> so we tried to, 
we tried to make these people look really fun and cool so other people would want to participate in this kind of fun party. And learn from and, them. No, I, hang on. Learn from I didn't know about the angle thing because I would have been reviewing every footage and said, nope, I don't, I don't like my nose in that shot, Wendy. First of all, there is no angle that you do not look good in, Jessica <laughs> O'Reilly. So you need to shut up. Come on, no, I mean, seriously. I, I will never complain about, about that. <laughs> uh, but okay, so you talked about, because I, we could talk all, all day. I know you and I, you and me. Yeah. Um, you talked about how it changed your life. So from working at Playboy TV, you are married, you have a child, you have the most beautiful family, um, and you have... Uh, yeah a lot of love like you have a very happy healthy relationship with your husband i know wendy personally i've we've gone out for wild nights on the town where she drank a gin and tonic <laughs> i drank out the bar <laughs> but, jessica's, jessica's pointing this out because i have about one cocktail every three years and it's always with jessica forcing me to drink it so yeah but i never pulled sure. your hand <laughs> no, so. and i never beat you <laughs> Which most of the production crew cannot claim the same. <laughs> yeah, okay, we'll leave that one. Tell me how working for Playboy TV changed, changed your life, your relationship, your sex life, your, your marriage. You know, going into this place, I definitely had my, I had my sort of preloaded judgment, I think, about swingers and about people in this lifestyle. And I remember talking to our head of marketing at the time and when we were first getting ready to do swing, uh, this woman who was head of marketing and we were saying, can you believe these people, you know, these, they're, they're so wild and about literally about six days hanging out with the swingers for season one of swing. She and I reconnected at the house and we were both like, all right, they're right. And we're wrong because basically, <laughs> They're having tons of sex. They're super happy. They communicate constantly. They've got great marriages. I learned so much from being around, around people in the lifestyle and just of the freedom of all of the people in the world of Playboy because I guess what I learned is that, yeah, there's, there's judgment in every world, but in this particular world, I learned about people who are so open-minded to everything, you know, hanging out at mainstream networks, you get a lot of douchebaggery. You just do. I mean, there's a lot of com competition and a lot of people sort of clutching to their little piece of garbage for their little stupid show. And <laughs> I, feel as if, I feel as if hanging out in swing, I've made so many friends from just people in the lifestyle and couples that you just want to emulate because People are so happy and they're so friendly and it changed my marriage, first of all, because I spent all day looking at sex and then I would come home and I would be affected and my husband would be like, what the hell is wrong with you, dude? And Hands you off. Know, Hands off. <laughs> I mean, seriously, you know, at one point he said, look, I'm not looking at sex all day. And I said, well, you know, can you at least kind of, you know, meet me halfway? Because I mean, really it affected me and it's affected us in a very positive way. Certainly made me much more open-minded to things and, and it made me much more curious about things. And it, you know, it, go, I, I dragged him to like a bunch of crazy events just so he could experience what I was seeing on the regular and 
you know, I, I took him to this hilarious swinger party our first season because I had to do research and I had to go to like a lifestyle event because I didn't know what I was getting into. And so we went to this lifestyle party and it was a complete catastrophe because I didn't know like that I should have gone to a much more scale lifestyle event. And it was a very like low stupid one, but it was hilarious. And then I went to another one with the next producer the next year. And that one also was like catastrophic, but I mean, it was so funny. And, you know, I've learned so much about sex and about communicating and about being open-minded and not prejudging people based on who they want to have sex with. And, and you're not into everything. There's just this, and that's the thing with being around lifestylers, being on set. You don't have to do it all. You just, you end up being open to it all and realizing that oftentimes when we judge people, it's because of our own fears, right? It's, it's really a reflection of our own projections and insecurities. Oh, of course, 100%, yeah. When you're judging people, it, has, it usually has very little to do with them. It's like what people think of you is none of your business. You know, so, so I would walk around and I had all these things that I was thinking about them, and it was all about my own personal biases. And, and now, now, that I, now that I know so much more about the lifestyle and about sex and about being open-minded, it's completely changed my marriage, and it's completely changed my relationship with my husband. And we are so much more open-minded to just meeting new people and, and experiences, and it can, it can transfer across all sorts of aspects of your life, not just sex, but just your career and how you, how you meet people and how you run a business and how you approach other relationships. You know, being open-minded about one thing can, can transform how you approach millions of different things, yeah. and that part has been really helpful. Okay, and uh, we don't have a lot of time left, so I want to hear from you. What is the wildest thing you, you've seen working at Playboy TV, whether it was in the office or on swing or the set of another show? Because, of course, you produced many shows, not just the one that I got to be a part of. <laughs> well, hmm, I really didn't see that. I didn't really see anything wild in the office um, because it's, it was mostly corporate. I mean, you know, I certainly got – I certainly got um, – hit on a lot by, um, you know, hot girls and we would shoot some wild things, but I mean, that was because it was the nature of the show. So I, I mean, never hit on you. No, because you're a professional <laughs> and you already had the job. People, I had hit on me because they wanted, people hit on me because they wanted a job. Trust me. That's the only reason. Um, I'm sure it's not the only. I, okay. That is the only reason. Um, <laughs> the wildest thing that's a judgment like what is the wildest thing i ever saw i mm, i okay i can tell you one of the weirdest things i saw so you, you know the uh you know the comedian gallagher the guy who smashes watermelons okay so one year he just we decided we were doing these promos because we were shooting a swing in las vegas and we were going to get a bunch of people like vegas icons to be in the promo and so we got an Elvis impersonator. Yeah, I and then remember we got that. Gall yeah, and was it was drunk? like end stage Elvis. He was like, he looked like he was going to die any minute. And we got Gallagher, and Gallagher wanted to be naked in the promo. And Gallagher wanted to be naked with all of the swingers. And so Gallagher showed up on set, and he, he started taking off all of his clothes. And he was wearing like his tidy whitey underpants, which... I'm sorry, but if you're going to be 
in tidy whitey underpants in a scene, you might not want to be wearing new ones instead of like really, really old. Yeah. So um, all the swingers who are generally incredibly impeccably uh, clean and beautiful and like spectacularly tidy, because that's their job, um, they've got to deal with Gallagher, who's in his gross tidy whiteys crawling on them. And that was probably one of the most disturbing things I've ever seen. In terms of sex, nothing is really disturbing to me because it's all natural and fun and hot. Um, but Gallagher, I think, in his repulsive tidy whiteys crawling on Stephanie and Hector and, and Stevens and Janelle was probably the grossest thing I think I've ever seen. Oh, can and you I'm, a little, I'm a little triggered by it. Can you send me that clip? Because <laughs> I need that's on the cutting room floor. You yeah. don't want to see that. I need to see that. So the one of the weirdest moments, or I think the most awkward moment on set for me, was uh, it involved this big, huge, huge dildo, and Ashley was trying to get it inside of her. Do you remember that, or were you there for that? I saw that, and I can never unsee it. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's called just, the Great American Challenge. The Great American Challenge. That's it. The, the Great American building. Challenge, which I think probably has to do with like hot dogs, like <laughs> in real life, it's the size right? Of a baby. <laughs> I guess so, but a baby is something different, right? <laughs> yes, a baby comes out. Yeah, no, it doesn't go in. So I don't know if that's a Googleable scene or not, but that that one was a really tough one for me. But one thing that I found was hard, and I don't know if you found this, I just found there was so much sex. And I was away from my husband for at least a month filming the show. And so I was kind of just bitter about it. I was like, yeah, y'all like sex. You have so much sex. Screw off. By like week three, I was miserable. I don't know if you remember that. <laughs> no, I thought that was just your general demeanor. Yeah, I just generally. Well, I was going to ask you because I'm sure the people are wondering. Other than trying to decipher my Chinese, Jamaican, Canadian accent, what was the <laughs> weirdest or toughest part about working with poor, poor with me? <laughs> First of all, you are the most self-effacing person ever. You're, you're, you're. This is a joke because you're the sweetest, loveliest person ever, and. This is ridiculous. No, there's, no, there's nothing. There's nothing hard with working with you. Um, I thought you I were going to come up with something like the gin drinking. Oh, oh I do know. I do know what it is. You are really, really cheap, and I think you. I think that you are overwhelmed with how cheap alcohol is in the U.S. <laughs> and probably figuring out how to smuggle booze back into into Canada is, is how you're probably scheming the whole time. You're like, Wendy, look. I could get this bottle of wine for only seven dollars. <laughs> so I'm I'm thinking, okay, fine, the bottle into your room would like fill up with alcohol, and then it would slowly be gone, and you hadn't left, which I didn't understand. And then more alcohol would show up, and I'm thinking it's you know, some we have to have like some sort of intervention at some point. I don't know. Well, you don't oh, know. No, that we actually called my dressing home hall, my dressing room, the billiards hall. <laughs> <laughs> so I would invite people secretly in now that we're done can say this I would invite people secretly in for a little bit of uh relief <laughs> but again I'm like I'm like an Osmond at an orgy so I mean literally any amount of alcohol more than one drink a year is a lot to me so by me saying there's a lot of alcohol in there it's really a relative thing yeah it, it yeah was you definitely of wine yeah <laughs> 
we definitely were talking about how cheap the alcohol was in the U.S., that's for sure. Yeah, so as a Canadian, when you go to the States and see the cost of wine, it's a very exciting thing. Um, <laughs> buy six bottles, you get like 10% off. At, and that's a very exciting thing to a Canadian. <laughs> So yeah, that one, I would say that's your biggest character flaw, is your excitement about the cheapness of wine. <laughs> uh, Wendy obviously doesn't know me that well. There's way worse things. Now, okay, Wendy, I follow you on Facebook, and anybody who follows you on Facebook likes to uh, read or enjoyed for, for the seven and a half years, your posts about yeah. shows you are pitched. So I've got to hear about some of the ridiculous shows, television shows people pitched you. I got the most ridiculously stupid pitches on a daily basis, and it was a massive waste of time, and it was also my favorite part of the day. Um, I'm going to give you just um, a couple of them, and it's all going into the book because it is unbelievable how stupid some of these things were. For instance, some of them were, well, some of them were kind of offensive, like a lot of them uh, women were just treated as some sort of object. A lot of guys would come in and they would pitch a show like uh, a game show where a girl was a prize as if a woman was just sort of not an actual person, but an object that one would win. Oh my God. Or uh, husband and wife have to, uh, you know, play a game. And if they don't score enough points, uh, the wife has to have sex with a strange guy. Oh my God. This is, a show, this is a show that was pitched to me. Um, one guy pitched me a show, he comes in, young guy who did, who did mainstream shows. And he goes, he goes, Hey, you know, the show, uh, 21 blackjack. And I go, yeah, sure. He goes, okay, here's the show. You play blackjack, but instead of using cards, you use girls oh my God. and the hot girls and the hot girls are like the eights and the nines and the tens of the deck and ugly girls are like twos and the threes and the fours. Oh my God. Like, I now okay. regret asking this question. Uh, one show, a guy pitched me a show called, and I'm, I'm obsessed with vintage television and, and this guy pitched me a show. He goes, the show is called the Dick and Dyke show. I said, the Dick Van Dyke show. He goes, no, the Dick and Dyke show. The straight guy and a lesbian live together and hilarity ensues. Uh, what? That's my um, Tuesday afternoon. How is that hilarious? <laughs> I mean... I have books and books and books of, I, you want to hear the most offensive one ever? Uh, no, but yeah, do it. Okay. <laughs> this one, this one came from uh, someone who just got hired to work with me uh, in the promo department, pitched me the show. He was there for about a week and he goes, I got a show to pitch you. And I'm thinking, oh God, here we go. He goes, okay, so you know MMA fighting, right? And I said, yeah, sure. I'm, I, you know, I watch it. He goes, okay, so there's a, a cage a cage match, MMA fight, right? And the two guys fight. And the guy who wins the guy who wins the fight gets to fuck the ring girl. And I go, okay. And the guy who loses has to fuck a fat chick. Oh and my that's God. not easy. And that's not easy. Oh my and God. And I'm looking at him. Yeah. Did and you I'm fire him? At him like, I wanted to. I wanted to fire him right there on the spot. This is this is a this is a this guy is an overweight, unattractive guy who's pitching me this show and looking at me as if this is like the best idea ever. 
Because he's still yeah. a man, right? So it's okay for him to be overweight, but we have to make a fat women into objects that are not supposed to be. That's absolutely right. That's absolutely right. Oh, that is that. That's absolutely right. Okay, maybe a we lot can, of this. Maybe we can. A lot. A lot of this is based on that. A lot of this is based on that standard where, you know, grotesque guys, fat guys, whatever guys of any sort of shape and size and uh, body uh, maintenance, as it were, and more can come in and attitudes and terrible attitudes. Yeah, can come in and pitch shows where women are just judged based on these ridiculous criteria and yet it does not apply to any of them and i would have to sit there and you know i'm a woman of a certain age i don't look like a playboy bunny and i have to sit there and i have to listen to this stuff and it, it's a little soul crushing and sometimes i would walk out of these rooms and i would be like pretty offended and pretty angry and it was really difficult and there were times when people would pitch me a show and i would just want to unload on them because they have. They would have no idea. They would think that they would think that this is what I wanted to hear. I think sometimes people would come in there with the most outrageous and offensive idea, thinking that's what I wanted. And when they, when someone smart would say, "What do you want?" I would say, "I want to be surprised. I want something that you don't think I want. Don't come in here and pitch me something stupid where." game show hot girl blah 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 like a hundred times I got pitched a naked cooking show right. or shows set at strip clubs I got pitched 500 shows set at strip clubs vegan strip clubs gay strip club black strip club I got pitched a show about a stripper competition I said I don't want a show about strippers the guy said it's not about strippers it's about stripper poles I mean it's like one thing after another and when someone came in with something that was at least had nothing to do with anything, I would respect them because it was at least a different idea. Was, like, was there yeah. a show, um, if you had more time, was there a show you wish you could have produced that you didn't really get to? Um, mm, the, the, no, not really. I, I think I got to do pretty much everything I wanted to do. There were, some, yeah, I mean, there, were, there, were, there were some shows that I would have liked to do if we had more money, but um, I got pitched a lot of versions of a show where a girl has sex with three guys and then decides which one she wants to date. Huh. And, I thought it was a, and I thought it was a really offensive idea because I thought that once you have this girl who has sex with three guys, I just thought that our, first of all, that's what everyone wants to build up to. And so it's sort of like, where do you go from there? And, and I, I was pitched that show maybe 15 times. And everybody thinks that they're the first person to pitch that show. And I thought it was just so obvious. And I wish that I was pitched smarter stuff. That would have been, that would have been nicer. But okay. I was mostly pitched stupid. You were working on a show where you went down to Desire Resorts, correct? And you did a little... Yeah. yeah. So tell me about that scout. So uh, I was going to do a spinoff of Swing, and uh, we were working with the folks at Desire, and actually I'd spoken with you, and, and you were just, you're, you're such a great brand ambassador for Desire, and I wanted to do something where we were doing something where we had one Swing couple, and then we had a newbie couple, because 
oftentimes when people went on swing, they had a couple that they were really hoping would be in the house. Oh, you mean Nikki um, and Daniel? Yeah, it was always, it was always Nikki and Daniel. <laughs> I'm kidding. I know they're like, which is why they're hosting, which is why they host Toy Ride for us now, because it was like, they were like the penultimate. But I wanted to host a show where people had like the ultimate fantasy vacation and they thought that they were just going away and then they got there and their favorite couple from Swing is there to meet them. And it would have been a surprise and they didn't know about it. It was like, that's what we were going to do. Well, you didn't know that I was just going to show up and surprise you too. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I figured you'd be there. Just knock, <laughs> knock, knock. Oh, look, Jessica O'Reilly sitting by the pool while we're filming. What, what happened? And, so and anyway, hair and makeup are done. So I had to go down to, I had to go down to Desire to scout the location. Now, first of all, uh, Jess, are there any single people that go down to Desire? No, it's for couples. Unless no. you go in August it's- during their sexy young and wild month, and then you can bring a third party. Right. You can bring a unicorn. Yep. So I, so I had to go down to Desire as a producer to scout the location. Um, I'm not the type of person who goes to nudist resorts or to swinger resorts by myself or even with my husband for that matter. I'll fully disclose that. Um, and so I had to go down to Desire by myself for work, and everyone at work is like, "Oh, going to a swinger resort, nice." Uh, and I'm kind of saying, oh, I'm going for work. Shut up. And so I've got to go down there. And I get down there. And for the first few days, I mean, I'm wearing clothes. And I look like an idiot. Because I basically look like a narc. And, and <laughs> the, folks down at, the folks down at Desire could not be lovelier. I mean, that place is, I'm not on the payroll. And I'm telling you right now, that place is spectacularly beautiful. And the people there are so nice. And my room was amazing. And the food was incredible. And, you know, everyone was just more lovely than the next. And I got there and, you know, everyone is sort of looking at me like, why are you wearing clothes? And I'm trying to sort of keep a low profile because I'm just sort of, I'm just sort of trying to like scope the place out without being noticed. But Can I stop you there? Hundred- I gotta, that's not yeah. how you keep a low profile at Desire. You don't walk around wearing clothes. Well, that's what I'm trying to get at. It's like <laughs> if 150 people are naked and I'm walking around wearing a black t-shirt, black shorts, and black loafers, <laughs> you're going to stick out. And also, I don't have a gentleman with me, so I'm, al- so I'm alone. The first night I'm there, they have theme parties every night. The first night I'm there, the theme party is Playboy party. Ah. Like, oh my God. So, so everyone's wearing Playboy stuff and I'm just like dying. I start to talk to a couple people. It turns out 20 people are there because of the show Swing. So now people find out that I created Swing and that's my project. And I start to become like this little famous person And all of a sudden, people are like hanging out around me because they know that I'm the person who runs Swing. I'm the boss of that show and the creator. So now I'm kind of popular and people are like, why are you wearing clothes and da-da-da-da-da? So now I'm kind of at a crossroads where I'm like, hmm, I should probably be naked so people will leave me alone. Literally, (laughs) that was my conundrum. If I got naked, people would not notice me. 
which is hard to wrap your head around when you're someone like me who does not walk around naked on the regular, but I had to do it. And that was scary because I don't normally do that. I've never been to a nude resort. I'd never done anything like that. And so one day I was like, "Eh." and so I decided I'm just going to do this. I'm just going to be naked at this place because it's the only way not to be noticed. And so lo and behold, day, I guess it was three, I walked out of my room 100% naked and went down by the pool and started talking to people and getting the lay of the land and finding things out and just kind of hanging out 100% naked and it completely changed everything. It was a really amazing experience. It was amazing. Yeah, being naked around other people is, is a life changer. It is, and if you have body images, which body issues, which I certainly do, um, they go away because first of all, I, as a person who work at Playboy, I would spend all day with people who are professionally perfect. (laughs) I'm not, I'm a regular person. I've had a kid. I'm over 50. Like this is, you know, I'm not professionally perfect. I'm regular. And so it would be difficult sometimes for me to hang out with these people because they're all so spectacular and I'm not. And I, start to, I started to get a sort of a stilted concept of what beauty was and what normalcy was. Mm-hmm. And hanging out with all of these amazing people made me think that I was incredibly busted up. And going down to Desire Resort, yeah, there's a ton of amazingly beautiful people there. But there's also a ton of just real people there, which I normally don't get to spend a lot of time with. And suddenly I realized, oh, okay, I'm fine. I'm normal. And beautiful. Like everyone else. Yeah. I I always thought part like two levels of beauty, right? Like magazine beauty, which is cultural, and then just natural human beauty. And what we would be attracted to if we weren't told we should be attracted to what we see on the magazines. Well, I found desire to be an incredibly healing experience, which is not at all what I expected. And you kept telling me for years, you kept saying, go to desire. And I'd be like, shut up. I don't want to be naked next to Jessica O'Reilly. I mean, look (laughs) at you. You're like a a Barbie doll. And so, and you're like everyone else that I hang out with all day at Playboy. And so I, I, I couldn't fathom that. But when I got down there, I met all sorts of people who were just naked and letting it all hang out. And sexy and fun and normal and just groovy and it completely changed everything for me it was absolutely an amazing experience so much so that you took a naked selfie and sent it to me (laughs) it only showed these your bare knees no you look at that picture again Jess my it's more than just my knees okay I gotta go (laughs) I don't have my phone right in front of me but that's gonna be my first stop you know, you, you had talked about enjoying desire, but we never really had a, um, a conversation where you explained why it was so freeing and how it was good for body image. Um, so I'm really, I'm really glad you shared that. I hadn't um, anticipated that. That's really, really cool. I would love to go back there with my husband someday. I would love to go back there and, you know, just to, just to hang out with those folks and and honestly, I thought it would be, I thought it would be like the set of swing. I thought it'd be like sex everywhere. 
no. I would say it's like, I said it was like 90% nudists, 10% swingers. It's not, it's, it's not, it's not banging all over at all. No. That's what I thought it would be, but it's no, not it's, at all. I'd say it's like 50-50. So it's like 50 people who have some sort of an open relationship. And then the other 50% are just really open-minded. And if you want to get in the thick of the sex, like up at the jacuzzi or in the playroom, you can. And if you don't want to, you just don't go to those places. Or my but I went up to the jacuzzi, I went up to the jacuzzi and I, I really didn't see that much and I did not go into the I didn't go into the playroom because why would I go in there that would have been perverted but um, I didn't go and I didn't see much of the uh, jacuzzi at all I saw like a little bit of contact but it wasn't like being in the red room no well to be fair Wendy nothing's like being in the red room <laughs> oh okay I guess my I guess my concept of group sex is probably a little stilted because I produce it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Actually, sometimes at the jacuzzi, there'll be a lot of action. It just depends on, like, usually later at night. Um, oh, okay. Or right, right. I was looking for it. I thought it'd be kind of fun, but I didn't see any. Okay. Well, next, then you have to go back. Yeah, I'll definitely go back. <laughs> All right, Wendy, it's been so good talking to you. I know we could talk and talk and talk, but this has been our longest episode to date. So I want to say thank you. Where, what's next for you? Are you writing the book? I'm writing a memoir about the seven and a half years I spent at Playboy TV, yes. I hope I can be in it. You are in it, Jessica. Will you, you, are call, in me, it. Will you call me Lord Jess? <laughs> can that be my pseudonym? Because I don't want you to know, I don't want you to reveal anything about me, but just Lord Jess. Lord Jess. I think we need something better than that. I think, how about Wino McGee? Wino, <laughs> nobody will know it's me. <laughs> how about Bitey McBites a lot? <laughs> how about sex bomb how about the sex bomb something how like about that. sex bomb a <laughs> sex bomb a so where can people find you wendy so they can follow along because wendy's hilarious uh, I, I don't know how much you do on twitter but on facebook you're hilarious well thank you i haven't been posting anything on facebook lately because um i'm not a playboy anymore so i have nothing interesting to post but <laughs> no content once, <laughs> once uh once i start um once my book is much more uh, upfront and interesting, people can find me at thewendymiller.com. That's my website. There are many Wendy Millers, but I am thewendymiller.com. And my Twitter handle is Wendy Miller Show. And um, you're not going to find any updates for a while, though, because I'm very busy writing my memoir. But what if um, that's where I'm going to be pushing stuff out soon. If I send you nudes, you can share them out. <laughs> yeah, okay. They won't be of me, though. They'll mostly be animals. No. <laughs> animals wearing pants. So, which is basically like humans being nude. <laughs> That's a whole yeah, other topic. Exactly. All right, Wendy, thank you so, so much. It's been my pleasure. Thank you, Jess. And thank you again to Desire Resorts for your support of the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. You rock. I know my listeners and followers will be checking you out at Desire Resorts on all social media. And I did not ask Wendy and Desire did not pay Wendy to tell her story about Desire Resorts, but I guess she just couldn't resist. Thanks for tuning in, friends. Please follow me on Twitter, Insta, and Facebook, Sex with Dr. Jess. And leave your comments and questions wherever it's most convenient for you. My team will make sure they get directly to me, and I will do my best to get back to you. Have a very sexy week. You're listening to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. Improve your sex life. Improve your life. <laughs>